0: Although you may have found us on any of your favorite listening apps, make sure you download the Himalaya app and follow us there to stay informed of when new episodes air, and we will be offering special episodes and goodies on the Himalaya app only. And it's free, and it can be accessed from anywhere in the world, and it will allow you to curate your own favorite playlist. Now, let's start the show. This podcast is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. We all look forward to the time when we are able to resume welcoming fellow cyclists into our homes and shipping bikes for travel. In the meantime, BikeFlights.com can help you ship your spare bikes, trainers, wheels, and gear to friends or family members so they can commute and exercise too while they are physical distancing. So stay home and arrange a pickup directly from your house. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Bike Life, where we are super excited to be bringing with you guests who have not only just toured and hosted, but are a part of a larger community, a global community of touring cyclists. And today I am joined by Donna Price, who is our one of our board members and helping me co-host the show. And today our guest is Candy Dawson, who is located in Grand Junction, Colorado. So Candy, thank you for joining Donna and I.
1: Thank you. It's an awesome day to be able to hang out.
0: We were just talking briefly that it's uh, it's snowy in Colorado, which is really interesting. And Donna in New Jersey is expecting hurricanes. No, no, no. So tornadoes, know tornadoes. <laughs> it's tornadoes, better than that. <laughs> I said it,
1: It's all the weather. I'm confused by all the weather. <laughs> <laughs> tornadoes, really? Like that's crazy. I didn't know New Jersey got tornadoes.
2: Just occasionally, not
1: that's not insane. usually,
2: but. Oh yeah, my the gosh. trees outside you can see them like <laughs> bending as the wind blows and stuff. So. Oh my gosh. See if wow. the power hangs yeah. out for the whole show. <laughs> if if I drop off it's that, you know, there's no power
0: here. Oh my yeah, gosh. We'll just we'll just need you to message us after and make sure you're okay. <laughs> it's it's interesting that the weather is definitely wild right now not only are we in wild times because everything is changing and shifting across the world but our weather has also been so uniquely challenged
1: yeah yeah well I mean I I, the only thing is I have a beautiful day so for me I'm like hearing all this terrible stuff that you guys are going to have this like horrible weather day and I'm like uh, I might go out and get like you know my tan on because it's like freaking beautiful here in Grand Junction <laughs> That's wonderful. And so you yeah. were mentioning,
0: <laughs> you were mentioning earlier that you chose Grand Junction because that area of Colorado is yeah. such a an avid cycling community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The cycling is unbelievable here. Um, actually the first day that we moved to this town, there was a downtown like mountain bike criterium, um, happening where they would like ride out and do some of the like amazingly difficult mountain bike loops that are just right out of town. And then like come through the downtown to finish the criterium race. And Cody and I were just like, Oh my gosh, this is happening on the first day that we're here. Like we're staying here. This is so awesome. You know, very cool. how, yeah, that's very
0: amazing. So tell us when did you start doing some longer distance tours on your bike?
1: Yeah. Um, so when, gosh, what year was that? That might've been like six years ago now. Uh, Maybe about five years. So I had always just been a cyclist and I love mountain biking and I would do some road riding, um, but I just liked, you know, getting out for as long of rides as possible. And so I just had it in my mind that I was like, I need to do my first bike tour. And at the time I was single and it was like one of those things that I was like, I need to do it with somebody. And it never worked out that I would have like either a girlfriend or a guy join me on the ride. So I was just like, I should, I have to do this by myself. Um, so I set my first ride as Montreal to Boston. And that was going to be like a seven-day solo bike tour. And that was when I first signed up for Warm Showers because I was like freaked out about being a solo female traveler. And I stupidly was like Googling how to make that better or like something I wasn't so anxious about Mm. And so I got on to warm showers because I found the website after I was like doing the search of like how not to die as a female. (laughs) solo. you know, just like anxious. And I stumbled upon warm showers and I saw that there were a bunch of other female cyclists on there that would like allow me to stay at their house. And I instantly was like, this is possible. Like I can go on multi-day bike tours and have these people that I can stay with that I just would feel comfortable and safe being able to land and like stay for the night and then keep trucking. Um, And it was like uh, the reason I essentially signed up to do my first tour because I immediately was like, there's a community and I don't have to just go from sketchy motel to sketchy motel. Or, whatever, camp on the side of the road, I can actually find people that I would be like comfortable with and immediately was like stoked to be able to go out and do those longer tours like I always wanted to. So it was a huge help. I'm sure you
0: met some amazing people along that journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, people that you meet on warm showers, it's a lot different now that we've done like so many tours we wrapped up like a 30 day tour um a, about a year ago was our last like huge ride um but over that time it was like the people that would stay with with warm showers were just so much better memories because we would do we would like stay at like you know and even an Airbnb um you know on our rides and you would just, it's just a mixed bag of people when it comes to like cyclists, like we would show up at an Airbnb and we'd be like, we have our bikes and they'd be like, that's annoying. We don't have a place for you to even put them. Why didn't you tell us you can't stay, you know? And it's like, oh, okay you guys don't know what we're doing because you're not in the cycling, like touring scene. so to you, it's just a huge inconvenience that we even have all this crap, you know, all of our gear on our bikes,
2: Mm. you know,
1: and it's like, you have to be specific about that. But when you go on to people with warm showers, they're like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, your stuff will be safe in the garage. And it's just like little differences like that, where you're like, you know, traveling is just tricky when you're not camping full time. and, you know, you're going for big days. So it's like, you don't know necessarily where you're going to end up either that night. If you want to do like a hundred mile day or your tire goes flat and you only end up getting a 50 mile day. And so every plan, you know, just having people on warm showers, it's just, they're flexible because they get it also, you know? So we would always just have such warm welcomes with those people because they understand that like at the end of a long ride day you're kind of thrashed you know right,
0: right. and they get
1: it so we just would have people like welcome us in and then like food would be ready and we're like this is awesome because it's like free also and you just you know you bring a bottle of wine over and the next thing you know you actually have an awesome night with these like total strangers that you only hang out with for one evening you know which is super cool so
0: that's amazing
1: yeah so yeah we love it I mean yeah
2: have you hosted as well as been hosted now
1: okay here's the tricky thing (laughs) so we would love to um but we literally have been living in a van for three years uh And we literally just moved into, like, you see walls behind me. This is the first time I've lived behind walls for, like, three years. So we can finally host now. And as soon as we got into the house, it literally was, like, how soon can we get a space set up to host? Because we've been needing to do that. Like, for three years now, we've been traveling in, in in a van, you know, obviously not able to host. And we've been saying, like, you totally need to pay it forward because we've had so many positive experiences. Like people would get, get us like those little fruit flower basket things. What are those called? Like like an edible arrangement? Yeah. It's like we would show up and they would have had an edible arrangement, like on the counter being like, oh, that's for you guys. We'll meet you on the back patio. We're frying up some food. And we're like, what is this experience? Very cool. You're strangers. And you got us an yeah. edible arrangement. Like, that's adorable. Yeah, know?
0: that's that's really amazing. So, it's okay, adorable. So, so let's go back to that. Like, did you guys both have, like, I know I. you're saying you, more than one of you. So I'm assuming you don't tour cycle anymore. You don't solo. Um, you know, you're not solo anymore.
1: I'm not solo anymore. Yeah, no, I, I actually... Um, Okay, so the Montreal to Boston, that was my first tour. Uh, That was where I found warm showers. My now husband heard about me doing that ride. He and I actually didn't really know each other that well. He was also like just a friend of a friend. And he was like, can I join you on that tour? Uh, And I was like, well, you're a dude that I don't know, but you know, what the hell? So he joined me and then we got married like three years later. Wow. That is an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I had to, if, so I, after that Montreal to Boston, I didn't tour on my own and I was like bummed out that I didn't get that solo bike tour experience. So like the following year, I biked up the coast of California by myself and was like Mm. specifically like, you're not allowed. I need to do this. You don't understand. Like, I need to, like, get my independent, like, nuttiness out and experience my time on the road solo because I, like, had mentally prepared for that experience and then didn't get it. And then I was like, I need to do that. So I did California by myself and I used warm showers again. And this lady in Arroyo Grande um, put me up for, like, two days and like fed me for two days and we played board games with her kids. And um, I still am like, shoot, I need to like send her a gift card or like call her. Cause it was so amazing for like two days. Um, and so it was immediately, as soon as we got this house, it was like, we need to start hosting ASAP and like, Having wine ready for when people come over, you know. So we have a table now that they can sit at, and we could cook food for them, like the so many other people that we've had do for us, you know. Which is cool. Yes.
0: So you're definitely feeling the call to be able to provide that reciprocal part of the the hospitality that we offer. Oh you're, yeah, you're feeling that pull. So oh, yeah. so let me ask you. So you and your husband did another trip though, correct? You have toured in different parts. So tell us about your time in Florida.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So our last tour, uh, what ended in April of last year and, uh, it was 1600 miles from Phoenix, Arizona to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, we skipped over Texas for whatever reason, uh, you probably have Texans listening to this. So um, that's what I'll say. We just decided to pass over. It's such a big state. I'm sure it's beautiful. Um, but we ended up, that was our last tour, because I actually got pregnant with our son in, like at the end of that tour, but I didn't have any awareness as it was like my first pregnancy as to what was exactly happening. So, I was just wrecked, exhausted, and I didn't understand mm-hmm. why. Um and that was what Florida was. So by the time we got to Florida, I was like unknowingly four weeks pr- no, like I think at that point, it was like two weeks pregnant. And at, I was at like the peak of my exhaustion. And um, we were still riding like sixty mile days as much as I could tolerate like and I just thought I was exhausted from the month that we had been riding right by the time we got to Florida we had already crossed over like the entire southern United States Um, and I was like dang this is the most fatigue I've ever experienced I didn't I mean I guess we've been riding a lot wow crazy so in Florida I was like so irritable like we had to stop at every gas station and we were just eating whatever kind of gas station crap we could find. And I'm still just like, something's wrong with me. Like, I don't know why I feel so bad all the time. Uh, but it didn't occur to me because I'm just, I'm, I'm a 31 year old child, didn't get the idea that it could have been a pregnancy. And people were like super mean in Florida too. So we had no roads that were good to ride on. There was like one section where it was like 20 miles of rumble strip on the side of a highway. And as trucks were driving by, they were like throwing bottles and like swearing at us because we were on a highway essentially. And they were like, y'all are so dumb but we didn't have anywhere else to cross where we were going. So it was just like, Mm. I was pregnant and miserable. We were 20 miles on rumble strip. People were throwing bottles and coal rolling us. And at the end of it, I was just like, Oh my God, this is freaking the most Mm -hmm. intense experience, you know, uh, of like the entire tour, but it was so crazy. The entire Southern border, like was super intense like that. Like, It was just the state of the country at the time also, like Trump had just been elected. Things were very intense and political, culturally, and so it just was like, we were so unwelcomed at that moment. I don't know. Or maybe it's just cycling in that area is always bad, but it was just like weird time. Now, let's
0: take a moment to learn a little bit more about today's episode being brought to you by BikeFlights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. You'll enjoy fast delivery, great prices, and excellent service with every shipment. Select your shipment's delivery speed to suit your schedule and tap into their group buying power to get great rates. Throughout the shipping process, their support team made up of fellow cyclists works directly with their carrier's exclusive global operational team so that your shipment will arrive on time join the more than 700,000 cyclists who have used bikeflights.com to ship their bikes wheels and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book manage and track your shipments visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today to find out more information and to book your shipment Now back to the show. So it sounds like you've had like an experience on both sides, right? You've had the, the very welcoming, easy to ride, like find spaces to go places yeah. to, to sleep, to recharge, but I've also yeah. had some, some of the challenging times. So for those of, the, for the people that are listening that maybe haven't, you know, had a longer tour before, what are some of the suggestions that you would give them to be more prepared to yeah. do, you know, a, a long trip?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, that's the most amazing part about traveling in areas where you're like really essentially not welcome as a bike tour. And that's like, it, it just absolutely happens where you are an outsider in the community because it doesn't occur in that area that you are riding in to have people take up a little bit of section of road and some people get kind of irritated about it, you know? And the amazing thing is if you are hooked up enough or like social enough, you can find people in that area that do get you because you, you don't know when you're going to stop. Okay. So like total, perfect example. We were in like Deming, New Mexico. And that's the middle of nowhere. And we stopped off at a gas station and just buying a Gatorade. And this lady walked up to me and was like, where are you guys riding from? And depending upon the person that you are, that's the difference between you finding a safe place, you know, with a kind person to stay with that night or not. Like if you're in a bummed out mood and you're just like, oh, we're riding from here, leave me alone. I'm going to grab my Gatorade and go like, bye lady. Um, Or you're, you know, sociable enough to be like, Oh, this is where we're riding from. And you connect with that person. Like we ended up staying with that lady and all she did was walk up to us in a gas station and be like, where are you from? And we stayed the night at her house and uh, she fed us and gave me a sweater and her daughter made me earrings. And we stayed up till like two 30 in the morning having beer and staying out under the amazing full sky of stars in a completely safe community that we weren't actually technically welcome in, you know, just like five minutes ago, someone was swearing at us at the side of the road. And then we were staying with this lady in the exact same community, you know, so they're out there. Like there's a ton of amazing people out there. You just have to be receptive enough to be, you know, aware of when they're showing up and then just engage and, you know, it, it, it ends up being an an amazing evening. That wasn't a warm showers, you know, planned evening and, and it would have otherwise been us, you know, camping out behind like a target that we would have found on the side of the road somewhere. And we would have been chased out by somebody, you know, who didn't want us or whatever type of, who knows, that's the amazing part about it, you know? So, um, in that sort of difficult situation where the community or whatever, you're having a rough day on the road and someone or people are just being hostile. Don't let it be what you become on that moment because you could be hostile towards the exact person that you could actually end up having an incredible experience with, you know? So they're, they're in every single community, no matter how, whatever you might judge that community to be, you know?
2: I think that's so true. I, I know on my, Tour, I kind of adopted a philosophy of like waving at people or giving them a peace sign, even when they cursed at me, and just be like yeah. know, to change that kind of cycle, yeah. like not participate in the angry right. part, but like right. try and shift it to like be more positive. And
1: yeah. I I mean it's so funny that you mentioned that um how you, how you respond back to people. Cause there's so much time spent on the road where someone like, let's, let's say someone like shouts out the window at you and you, they say something terrible. You spend that time being like, what should I say back? Like, what should I do back? Yep. Should you give the peace sign or should you give them the finger? Should you blow a kiss or should you wave? You know, it's like, it's so funny because you end up thinking about that stuff and You're just the person in that interaction that's on the road in your own head, and you get time to think about how you want to respond. And that's such an amazing thing because so often in regular life, you're in such a hurry that you don't necessarily think about how you respond back. And so you go with your gut instinct, and sometimes it's nasty, and sometimes it's like what you don't want to do. But because when you're riding your bike, you have to think about it. And you're like, am I a peace sign person? Or am I a middle finger person? You know? Yep. So, and that. Does that, and does that change depending on the day? Well, what I
2: found is. Oh, (laughs) totally. It changed when we started riding with our kids (laughs) a little bit. When. (laughs)
1: Oh, oh, I bet. When people
2: like almost killed us and the kids were on the bike. Oh. Then. It's like really hard to just wave and do the peace
1: sign. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> but God, see that's so funny because when it's you, you can you can swallow and tolerate a lot. Yeah. But oh man, I, I see. I haven't I haven't done the ride with the child yet, and um, that is going to be interesting. We we are planning one like as soon as he's ready. You know, we want to get back out there uh It's very cool, but that'll be. Yeah, there's so many
2: ways to ride with kids now. So,
1: how many kids do you have? We have two kids. You have two. How old are they? They're
2: teenagers now. Well, 18 and 16. So oh. now they're on their own bikes. But we went through the trailer, the tag along, the oh, you did. early piccolo, <clears throat> and up to tandems. Tandems definitely my favorite. We got them on tandems when they were oh. like five.
1: Yeah. Oh, nice!
0: The most solid ride. And candy, and candy, you have a trip planned, right? You're you're planning to do a trip yeah. with your son.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually decided we're going to do a bike packing tour with him, specifically because the road, I think, scares me so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did rail I, trails I, with our kids. You did. Yeah, see that's the answer. Rail trails are the beauty of the uh like southeast and like eastern side of the United States. The rail trail is not a common thing like on the west coast. Mm. I I feel like am I am I missing the rail trail? I think we had so many awesome rail trails on like the eastern side of the United States. Those things are amazing for traveling with family. I think there's a couple out out
2: in the middle of the country, South Dakota has a long one in um, oh, the July. Black Hills. Yeah, and I think there's one yeah. in Missouri, the Katy, the Katy Trail. I think goes across the top yeah. of Missouri or something like that.
1: Yeah, see that would be awesome. We actually decided we're going to do the eastern side of Oregon, so it's like the Oregon version of a rail trail. It's flat, nice, but I mean that's the eastern eastern oregon desert is pretty flat anyway so we were just kind of gonna you know putt putt along in uh, the desert for a few days with him is what our our first ride this coming september with him is going to be so that'll be his inaugural his inaugural trip yeah actually yeah no that we did we decided it was like the whole idea was he, we named him after the mountain range that we're actually going to be riding around. Um, because, uh, I'm originally from Idaho and Eastern Oregon is just that same sort of climate. So it always kind of just feels like that's your home. You know, when you, when you're around sagebrush, because you know, that's like you were raised around sagebrush. It always feels really good to get back out there. So, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Uh, that's always been a really awesome place for us and, uh, that's going to be his first experience. So that's going to be crazy for us too.
2: How long a trip are you going to do with him?
1: We're, we, I, ever since he was, before he was born, I've taken on the philosophy of, um, whatever he needs, you know, uh, whatever, whatever is good for him. And I just need to we plan on five days. Um, but if we are not able to accomplish five days, because I don't know, who knows taking into account, like the needs of, of an infant is such a new experience for me. So I just am like, let's just if he needs to first night can't stand camping, I have no idea. What is having kids like? I don't know. We were gonna do five days, but is that insane? I don't know. No,
2: you just no. travel slower, think- like you stop more and you sightsee more, yeah. and you, you know you have ice cream more. That was our cheer. Why do yeah. we ride ice cream?
0: Okay, <laughs> so
1: that's awesome. That's great.
0: Yeah. And, Candy, I have a question for you. Um, knowing that a lot of people that want to do extended tours, like what you've done in the past, how were you able to manage that with work you had at the time or how to accommodate your life to be able to, like, achieve those goals of, of doing longer tours?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I feel like that is probably the biggest conflict of the entire experience and choices because it is an exceptionally um, privileged activity, traveling, you know. Uh, And for people like my husband and I um, and other, you know not particularly economically inclined uh people uh it is difficult to manage work and travel because, you know I, I i don't have a job that allows me 6 weeks of vacation a year and i think at this point i can consider that to be something that might not actually happen for me um but for the choices that we've made in the past it's always been a case of like we're going to be poor at the end of this ride, uh, we're going to have no money and uh, we're just going to go have a great experience. And then we'll see what jobs we can get when we get back. That was certainly what happened when we did our month long tour, obviously for a seven day trip, that doesn't have to happen. You can always finagle that out, but it just became like, um, as much as making those big career decisions are really important things to have in your life. It was also like we needed to do the month long thing. We had never experienced that. And it just gets to the point where you're like, am I ever going to actually do these things that I've always wanted? Um, that definitely conflict with me being employed, you know? So it was like, uh, that was what that was the experience that we signed up for. And, and as frightening as it is to come back with, you know, so little in terms of balance and like how to function with life. It was also like, those are risks that you take. And some of the most beautiful, amazing things have come from it. You know, first of all, being able to even talk to you guys, which is so, this is already so cool. And now we have our Son, you know, because it was just like you take control of your life. And so often I've made the mistake, I feel like, of, you know, being pigeonholed into these decisions that I'm just ultimately not very happy with like you do you work jobs that you really don't ultimately want because you feel like you need to do that and it's like just making the decision to do a super long bike tour can shift your perspective on who it is and what you want so dramatically that you get back and you're able to maybe redirect your career in a pathway that you always need it, you know, but it, on paper, it doesn't necessarily look super smart to be like, well, we're going to come back impoverished, you know, but you can't discount that experience just because it's not financially a smart one, you know?
0: Yeah. I, and thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I think it's important to have that discussion and I also truly believe that it has probably impacted the entire way you're going to live the rest of your life in any regards because you took the chance to put the the capitalist side the you know search for money and material things you totally pushed that aside to experience life and you did it in nature like uh-huh. that is just a way to connect ourselves to like deeper purposes in life and and now Wherever you go and whatever you do, that experience is going to have formed who you are today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to give from a place that isn't authentically like generous, right? So when you think about like what you guys do in terms of warm showers and it's like people giving to other people. It's really hard to do that from a place where you don't actually care for the other people that you're doing that for. And you can't just manifest that. Like you have to experience true generosity To be able to understand that when you are in that place to reciprocate it, those people are going to enter your life and you're going to want to pop the bottle and fill the glass because it had been done for you in the past. And that is something that you can't just read about and then regurgitate. Like you have to experience that kind of generosity to be able to understand how to give it, you know? And that's one of the best things that we've taken from this. Like when you just work all the time and then you're like, yeah, I'll host some people over. It's a completely different thing than you being like, no, this is a responsibility so that people in the future can experience this at whatever time they're in their life, you know, that they can get that, you know? And so we're just really excited to have a house. So it's finally time. Mm, Yay. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Candy, so much for giving us your time to share your story, your experiences, and your insight on this show. We are super glad to have you a part of the Warm Showers community. And for those of you that would like to um, learn more about Candy or follow along with her experiences, Candy, what is a social media handle that somebody can find you at?
1: I am actually at uh at have little is my um my bike touring info and stuff and I have my website up there um that is actually have com, and I would love to be able to connect with people and those people out there in the warm showers community who are hearing this I'm so glad I get the opportunity to say this but if y'all ever want a place to stay in Grand Junction (laughs) let me know
0: (laughs) that's great (laughs) amazing yes wonderful and my friends thank you for listening to bike life podcast and if you don't know anything about warm showers you should visit us at warmshowers.org and follow us at warm underscore org on instagram and we will share more about candy and put the link in there for you to follow her in all of the show notes and we will be back soon This Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, a bicycle shipping service for cyclists. We all look forward to the time when we're able to resume welcoming fellow cyclists into our homes and shipping bikes for travel. In the meantime, while we're all staying home, why not do some decluttering and sell your extra bikes, trainers, wheels, and gear online? Then use BikeFlights.com to ship them to their new owners. So stay safe and arrange for pickup directly from your house. Find out more by visiting bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us or wherever you are listening. Please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warm showers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warm showers.org.